guys so this week's episode is with a guest so i don't do my normal housekeeping life updates at the top like i normally do but i didn't want to wait until next week to uh, announce this because i'm really excited about it i dropped my first episode of my new podcast last week it's called decom and carry on and it's all about disney channel original movies so the first episode came out on halloween and it was all about halloween town i talk about it with one of my friends for like two hours and it's you know i think it's fun so you can find that as of recording on anchor and spotify but probably by the time you're listening to this on most if not all podcast listening platforms so check it out um subscribe if you're interested and give it a five star rating and review if you like it because that will help me out a lot um, and otherwise, enjoy the show. Is this chicken what I have or is this fish? What are you? An idiot sandwich. Idiot sandwich what? An idiot sandwich, Chef Ramsay. I was rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. How dare you? Congratulations, you're a meathead, son. But you know what? Don't ever put your hands on my underwear. This is the lamb Where's the lamb Yeah. I mean, you really don't want to make friends around here, do you? I, I didn't come here for that. Welcome back to Snap Back to Reality, the podcast dedicated to the trash TV we grew up with and love to hate. I'm your host, Riley Ennis, and this is episode 38. And joining me for this episode, I have another very special guest, um, another one of my favorite podcasters and an actual angel. I have Sonia of Rewind the Love. Hi, Riley. I'm so excited to be here. Well, be back. (laughs) All right, guys. It's finally happened to me. I feel like it happens to every podcaster at least once. Knock on wood for anyone that hasn't experienced this yet because I don't wish it on anyone, but we recorded an entire episode and I lost it and it's gone. So re-recording, so full disclosure, we have done this one time, but you know, sometimes I feel like it happens, it goes better on the re-record, so. I mean, that's how I was starting this when we were chatting before we started recording is that I realized last time, so I have a mug my husband made up of my dream taglines if I were to ever become the first black Real Housewife of New Jersey. (laughs) And I have a very specific order, so I'm going to read them to you now on air. So on one side, because I, I, this is my introduction, it is half black, half white, all bitch. <laughs> and my second one is why be nice when you can be right? Okay, yeah, I like that. That is hilarious. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm, I'm so ready for this moment. So... <laughs> So obviously, guys, we're doing Real Housewives of New Jersey, um, and if you couldn't tell, Sonia is from New Jersey, yes. so she has a whole stake in this. No, so not even from Jersey, I'm from Bergen County, which is where these ladies are from. I basically uh, grew up within 15, 20 minutes from where a lot of this happens. In fact, the first sign marker on the show, like of the entire series, as well as you know, in this episode, right before the famous dinner, uh, are both exits <laughs> for my town. So you have experience not just with the show as a fan, but also just like with the peep, the kinds of people who are being showcased. Yes, this actually is a lot like people I have known my entire life, <laughs> for better <laughs> or for worse. Um, this is definitely a lot of this is relatable content for, you know my experience some of it is some of it isn't but more of it than I think most people around here are willing to admit 
So um, being a fan of the show, like what was your experience watching this? Were you a fan from the beginning? Like where were you when Real Housewives of New Jersey so started? I've been a fan from the beginning. I think some of that came from thinking to myself, you know, like, oh, this is my area. I want to see if I recognize anything. And, you know, and it just ended up being such a such an experience. I saw somebody tweet the other day that uh, Teresa has had like one of the most cinematic character arcs, I think, in the history of any housewife. Uh, who she is in this era of Housewives time that we're talking about today versus who she is today, two completely different people. And it's been such an interesting... Like, life came at her real fast. <laughs> Let's put it that way. <laughs> life came at her very fast. Um, yeah, so that's basically all that I knew about Real Housewives of New Jersey. I didn't know any of the plot or any of the other, like, featured housewives. I knew Teresa, obviously, because she is just, like, a cultural icon. And I've kn- I've known about, like, her being in prison like that I knew yes. that happened just through being aware of pop culture but I was completely blind going into this I had no other kind of housewives experience with this cast whatsoever and this is a confusing one to not have any experience with <laughs> uh like because I was watching it before with my husband and he was like so who's related to who again and I'm like we've literally gone over this so many times I think at one point I drew up uh like an org chart <laughs> Of, like, who's related to who, because for those who don't know, two of the castmates at the time of season one are sisters. Plus, one of them is a sister-in-law, because those two sisters' brother is also affiliated with the show. And then they leave, and then Teresa's sister and Teresa's co- Teresa's sister-in-law and Teresa's cousin join at some point, and it's just, it's so much. Yeah, it was very confusing watching this. So this is going to be like how I've done my Real Housewives of New York episodes in the past, where I just watch the one single episode without context. But this time it's going to be different because I have Sonya to fill me in on the context. So obviously the first time around when we recorded, I didn't know anything. Now I've been filled in once, but I still have like what my first impressions were and like what I was thinking and what I was confused about when we when I was first watching this. So I think it'll still yes, be good. Yes, I have the attention span of a goldfish. So uh, I... For all I know, I completely forgot like a significant portion of the conversation. So this works out great. <laughs> I know. I every I think everyone just goes into a fugue state when you record. Right. So I have no like, idea what we actually right, said. Exactly. It'll be yeah. it'll be like new all over again. So <laughs> basically. All right. So we'll go into the background really quickly. There's not a lot because it's real housewives, like I've done them before. It's the same thing. It's Andy Cohen, right? Uh, so this installment uh, premiered in May of 2009, so it's just over 10 years old now. It's the fourth installment in the Real Housewives franchise, and when it was airing, it was actually the first installment to feature siblings, because Beverly Hills came later, the Richard sisters came later, so that was really confusing watching this, because it was like, I guess not only I didn't know who was related to who, I this was like the first time they were ever featuring anyone who was related to anyone. Yes. It's definitely a lot, especially because once you throw sister-in-laws in there, I think mm-hmm. the only thing, the only constant thread that helps you keep track is they all, like, the, the Loritas all have giant blue eyes. <laughs> so that's, like, the easiest way, I feel like, to keep track of who's related to whom. All right, so I wouldn't have clocked that on my own, <laughs> so I'd have to, I'll have to go back and check that out and see if that helps at all. Um, so... There have been a few spinoffs that came from New Jersey, specifically uh, Caroline Manzo, one of the cast members and also one of the sisters who are related to the other one, Stina. Um, her children, Albie and Chris, had a web series called Boys to Manzo. <laughs> 
I'm sure it was very popular. So corny. (laughs) (laughs) And I forgot if I, I'm sorry, I forgot if I brought this up. I think I brought this up during the last episode that my husband, I keep bringing him up. This is so annoying. My husband's prom (laughs) date was on the Millionaire Matchmaker episode with the Manzo boys and was one of the women in contention to go on a date with, uh, what's his name? Chris Manzo. Is that a- <laughs> this is new information oh to me. God, I didn't I know this. I didn't know if I had mentioned it before. It's like it's like the dumbest flex, but it is like my <laughs> Real Housewives of New Jersey connection. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, so... Not only that, Caroline also had a spinoff of her own called Manzoed with Children, because they love a pun here. <laughs> that ran for three seasons. And then there was also Teresa Checks In, which was like a little three-episode special just showing how the whole Judice family was kind of coping with the aftermath of Teresa being sentenced to prison. Yeah, that one I actually did watch uh, just because I was curious to see how the family was doing. Like. <laughs> I don't know. I did. I, I'm saying I'm like laughing about it, but I do feel bad. I felt bad for the kids. I do. I still feel bad for the kids. Yeah, that's tough to deal with, like just being a part of that. And they had nothing to do with anything. And so that, like their dad, hard. I don't know if he's I forgot his deportation status at the moment. But the fact that it's in limbo that he may have to leave the country is like shitty for them. Yeah, I mean, it's his own fault. But what are you going to do? It's stressful. Yeah, for the children. They didn't ask for that. So. So this episode we are talking about is, of course, the iconic table flip episode. I feel like we couldn't do any other one. Um, but I don't know. There is an episode. Of the introduction to Teresa's sister-in-law and brother is them getting into a fucking brawl at a catering hall at the baby's christening. So, I mean, <laughs> if there's a follow-up to any of it, like, I think that definitely, because what, talk about kicking things off with a bang but this one is definitely the most iconic obviously i love that these people really just are not afraid to fight around children no qualms about it whatsoever not not (laughs) but this is iconic so this is the one we're talking about it's season one it's episode six which i guess season one has like a short season yeah it was unsettlingly short and then because the next episode is the the redux you know the extended cut of this fight and then it's the reunion (laughs) and then that's the whole season (laughs) yeah so it's kind of crazy because of something that you will get into in a second but that you told me later on but uh so this is just called finale it's the finale obviously of season one um and so going into the previously on this was all of the context that i had for the entire rest of the season watching this so the previously on, Teresa decides to get a breast augmentation. Uh, she refers to them as her boobies. Mm-hmm. That was a thing which I really loved. <laughs> Stays consistent throughout the episode. Yes. Um, Dina and Danielle, two of the housewives, have had conflict with one another. There's just been rumors that Danielle is a husband stealer, that she was a stripper. So that was a thing. Um, also Danielle and Jacqueline are friends and Caroline and Dina don't like this because Jacqueline is the one who is their sister-in-law, which I did not know (laughs) watching this previously on. I didn't care why they, like, I was like, why do they have such a stake in this woman's friendship? Yeah, now you know. (laughs) Um, and then the big thing is that there is this book that's been going around that alleges Danielle has had some kind of involvement in kidnapping, extortion, possession, um, and Danielle thinks Dina revealed the book to everyone. So going into this, I thought that the book had been like the entire 
like arc of this season like the book was like episode two let's introduce this and like build from there nope the book is introduced in episode five which if you remember <laughs> call back to a couple seconds earlier uh is only one episode prior to the one we are speaking about today <laughs> so it's crazy because that is like it is such a firecracker like catalyst of the drama that happens in this episode you would think it was so much more of a thing more of a plot point this episode or this uh season yeah you would think that i mean i, I dina kind of explains it best where it's like they already had issues with her leading up to it. Like, she just is a very intense person. Uh, she says her introduction to Danielle, uh, her introduction to Danielle, her introduction to Jacqueline was they were at the same salon and they were, Danielle was like, oh, we talked for like four hours. But you can tell that because Danielle is so monopolizing and Jacqueline is so passive that it was probably one of those situations where Jacqueline probably tried to leave several times and Danielle wouldn't let her leave. I think actually Jacqueline says at one point the conversation got so in-depth and this is literally the day they met that Danielle was showing her naked pictures of herself on her phone. Lovely. It's it's just a lot. So I mean basically it validate in Dina's mind it validate the book validated everything that she had already kind of been feeling about Danielle so that's why it was such a I think why it was became such a thing <laughs> and then my like ha- not having any contacts from the rest of the season watching this episode I was like poor Danielle they're so mean to her uh, she's she's fucking bonkers and just <laughs> an absolute nightmare but we'll we'll get into a lot of that <laughs> all right so we get our theme song and then our first scene that we open with is Teresa um so Dina is coming over to what looks to be Teresa's new house which is a cavernous mansion of a house yes the one she had built because the thought of living in a house that other people have lived in skeeves her out. <laughs> Not other people have died in, just that they've lived there previously. No, she needs to, like, be the first. I don't know. That's just some new money bullshit. I feel <laughs> Yeah, the height of privilege. It's like, ooh, yeah, I don't wear the same outfit twice and I won't live in a house where someone else has lived. Yeah, that's probably, that was probably her logic at that time. <laughs> All of that. <laughs> So Dina brings a housewarming gift of bread and salt because I guess it's like an Italian thing, she says. Uh, bread so that they always have bread on the table and salt to ward away evil people. And they exchange looks at that because they're both thinking about Danielle. Yep, it's it's coming. It's brewing. It's like, this is such a <laughs> calm first half of the episode that you would never think that it devolves into what it devolves into. I know like I was watching this and I was just like okay whatever like this is fine this is boring and then like it hits like minute 22 and it's just like well bam right but we'll get there (laughs) um so Teresa gives Dina a whole tour of the house Teresa designed it all herself uh my favorite part of this tour is at one point they walk into this living room area that's just giant and it has these two tiny little couches just sitting there in the middle and it looks very awkward, and it's hilarious. No, this house is so such a front for like all the money they have running through. I don't. <laughs> Teresa opens up the show, like not this episode, but the show itself, by going, "I heard the economy is crashing. That's why I pay for everything in cash." This <laughs> explains a lot about where things end up. Mm, yeah, I was like, oh, "Well, sure you do. <laughs> well, and if you do, the ill-begotten cash." <laughs> Uh, also, I just want to point this out that one point Dina says to her, like, you're going to have Onyx coming out your ass, Teresa. And I just want to say that hashtag justice for Onyx. (laughs) (laughs) 
And you should listen to my episode of Rewind the yes, Love to understand it's, that It'll reference. already be out uh, when this episode when this episode comes out. So go back and listen. Uh, you've certainly given me some things to think about. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh so gosh. anyway, we won't do too much of a crossover there. Um, so Dina says that she kind of has, has a talking head here where she was afraid of what it was going to look like when Teresa was describing everything that she was like had bought or had picked out for the house but you know all in all she thinks it looks great and she thinks Teresa has great style so she doesn't really know what she was worried about and then they go downstairs into the homemade like the home wine cellar slash wine making room because Joe apparently makes homemade wine yes this is a very Italian thing to do uh our childhood babysitter uh they are like literally from Italy like grew up in Italy and they made wine in their basement I don't know that's just like something I associate with very Italian people I just can't believe when like they go down there and Dean is like what is happening here and Teresa's like I don't know you have a whole section of your house that you just like don't know what's occurring especially when it comes to like funky smells like I don't know I guess I watch too much true crime stuff that I'm like you can't have a random room that your husband deals in that you have that you're not allowed near that like smells funky this is why Teresa ended up in prison for a year dead at no but literally like basically she got caught up and I'm I don't know if this is like literally it but I'm pretty sure it's just that she got caught up because he was having her sign shit and she's like sure <laughs> sign away and that's how you get yourself caught up yeah well so luckily the smell is just like the smell of wine I don't know yeast probably it used to smell really bad when my dad would like brew beer at home so I'm assuming it's probably just like the yeast process I mean I don't know a ton about it all I all I really was focused on was one is that I'm definitely with Dina that like if a smell is that bothersome to me I cannot focus on what you're saying but but also there is a sign in the back that says the Judices as in like the Judice family home whatever but it it's apostrophe s when it definitely shouldn't be <laughs> maybe they mean well that would still be incorrect no, it's one of those things like the judaises like no, yeah. you the judais family it's, apostrophe. It, it's not an apostrophe situation but <laughs> happens to the best of us i guess or the worst of us who knows <laughs> i don't ask so much of teresa judais really mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, so they go outside. Also, Teresa says, like, as they're going outside, that the doors weigh 300 pounds. And I completely believe her because they are, like, huge museum doors or something. Yeah, giant, massive, like, Willy Wonka chocolate factory doors. <laughs> With, like, gold gilt fucking molding on it. Right, like, what was that, what was that doorknob? Like, I, to call it a doorknob is a little bit ridiculous, but it was, like, <laughs> an eagle, like, or a piece of driftwood? I don't know what was happening. It was massive. Yeah. Uh, so they go outside they to drink wine and toast to the new house, basically. Um, and then Teresa tells Dina that she wants to have a party. I said that really strangely. She wants to have a party. <laughs> wow. I think, uh, I, think, I think that inflection is correct because it, it is unclear why she's having this party. <laughs> So yeah, so she says in a talking head that she wants to have a housewarming party, but the house isn't ready yet, so they're going to have a dinner party at one of her favorite restaurants instead. Um, and so, of course, I like I asked myself, I knew the answer, but I was like, why wouldn't you just wait until your house is ready, Teresa? Uh, no, because they were going to be done filming by then. That's why. <laughs> it's like time to wrap it up. We need a, we need a big event to we cap off the event, season. Which then it like unofficially became a debut of Teresa's boobs. <laughs> 
So the party yeah. did kind of have a purpose after all. Yes. So we'll get to that, though. So um, she tells uh, Dina at this point that she's going to be inviting Danielle to the party as well. Um, and so Dina's like, I don't know why we're forced to have her be a part of our lives. But again, it's because Bravo says you have to. Right. Right. Like, I can think of a reason why she's forced to be in your life. Because <laughs> you all signed up to be on a show together. <laughs> Um, and then Teresa says in her talking head that she's going to give Danielle the benefit of doubt. She says, do I want to be friends with her? No, but I'm not a rude person. Which is something she says multiple times this episode. So I guess she really like takes stock in her status as not a rude person. I don't... Sure. I guess if you need to tell yourself, it's one of those things. Like if you say you're classy a bunch, which I think is actually a recurring theme in Housewives across the board, is like if you need to say that you're classy a bunch... <laughs> You're very rarely are. If you need to say you're nice this many times, chances are you're not. <laughs> and I feel like if you have to ask if you're being classy, then you're really not. Well, that's and she literally asks later, was I was I classy? Well, we'll get to that. That line cracked <laughs> me up, but we'll talk about it. Um, so then we have Danielle. So Danielle gathers up her daughters because she has like a box of pictures she wants to show them, which I guess are modeling shots and acting stills, but all the images are blurred because I guess Bravo doesn't have licensing rights. So we don't actually see any of the pictures that she's showing to her kids in this scene. I think their faces say enough. Uh, that they are bored and they are traumatized. Uh, yes. They kind of shift between looking like they're about to fall asleep and being like, why did, Why are we forced to being sit, to having to sit through this? And also being like, oh my God, mom, I do not need to see this. <laughs> At like, one point, um, she, she shows something to the younger of the two, Jillian, who is only 10, I think, in this season, this yeah, episode. it is really important to keep that in mind moving forward and what she is exposed to ultimately in terms of the fight. So... Yeah. Oh my God. So yeah, she shows her 10 year old child something that causes her to like widen her eyes and say, oh my God, some of your pictures are like flat down scary. So whatever that was, she wasn't happy. Yeah. She's saying something about like, you know, this was like a hedonistic time and it's like, this is not really the time for a vocab lesson. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Really. So yeah, she's telling them, I guess, just trying to give them a little bit of a, a life lesson about the things that you can get wrapped up in in certain industries. And then she kind of uses this also as a segue to talk about the book and the rumors that have been swirling around just surrounding Danielle in general. Um, She says in her talking head that the book was a result of a lot of malicious and vindictive behavior from her first ex-husband and that she admits to stripping, being arrested, and changing her name, but everything else in the book is a lie. Yeah, I don't entirely by that uh enter the kid miro gif just sprinkling allegedly over all of this uh <laughs> i i don't totally buy that just because she seems like the kind of person who would agree to do stupid shit just because a man told her to i can like, i can definitely see that she bounces between three different men during the course of like this season alone so it's it's not unreasonable to believe that like being in a relationship is more important to her than making sense. Yeah. And I mean, she does say this later on that this was like 25 years ago, but if this is how she acts 25 years later than 25 years previously, I'm sure she was like a thousand times less mature. Yeah. No, you have not achieved a ton of growth. Uh, Danielle 10 years later, it doesn't seem like she's achieved very much growth either, but we can talk about where she's at right now. Cause (laughs) Jesus Christ. Um, so she's talking to her daughters about the, the book and the situation, and then she's kind of being really inappropriate uh, and kind of just 
saying to them that they need to trust her above anyone else um, over than like something her peers might say or that is the recurring theme of Danielle's parenting ability which is like these children are my friends but in a way that means I'm going to rely on them emotionally Uh, Mm -hmm. you can tell sort of in the way Christine responds just being like oh my god how many times do I need to say it like I will trust you above anyone which it's like that's not good like yeah if you have to have that verbal conversation like between mother and daughter and not just like implicitly you trust your mom yeah I mean I get I'm sure like being confronted with stuff at school will make it tough but but then again like there's nothing that's in the book that's more embarrassing than having your mom talk about uh phone sex on television so you know that's it's it's a parent I mean I'm not a parent so I'm not here to judge well I am but you know (laughs) I'm totally here to judge that's a really unhealthy way to parent so yeah um and then Christine who is also only 14 at this point too she's like a young teen she says in a talking head that whoever found the book must want her mom to be in pain which is like horrible that a 14 year old is thinking about like how others are treating her mom yes but also just it sounds so much like you've absorbed the your parent is a victim narrative Mm -hmm. that's true too like it's a balance of both I mean some of it is yes she is the victim of circumstance and there's a good chance she was never really going to ever fit in with these housewives but having a whole book about it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) so um she also talks about how she has been invited to the dinner party and how being at Teresa's dinner party it'll be the first time she's seen Dina and Caroline since the book came out um I guess at this point I'll just mention that Danielle is convinced that Dina is the one who exposed the book to everyone or knows that at least Dina and Caroline had something to do with it so she has an issue with them and she's I guess she's had an issue with them the entire season though I mean it's it struck me as Danielle feeling like Dina is like the popular in school girl in school that she wants to like her but because Dina's not checking for her like and that her hurts her that she'd rather be like well you know now we're enemies when Dina's like I'm not checking for you like that like you're making an ass of yourself I don't know that's just how I took it it seems like she wants to be Dina's friend so bad and then when Dina kind of rejects her she like does this complete 180 and being like Dina's the worst person to ever exist so who knows yeah I mean I didn't see any of the first part where she was like I like Dina I want to be her friend so all I see is just like she hates me she exposed this book side of the Danielle yeah, situation no, I mean, right That's, I mean you thought that the book you would think that the book is a whole season you're absolutely right <laughs> I, I assure you that it only came up last week so to speak <laughs> so then the next scene we get is with Jacqueline um so her parents have come to visit from Las Vegas she says that I guess she used to live out in Las Vegas she says that she was worried about getting to see them when she moved to New Jersey but she sees them every three months which is a lot especially <laughs> for is- parents that live across the country I mean, I guess she has enough money that they can probably fly out when they want to, but the parents show up in a camper, so I guess they yes, decided a to spend time taking, like, easily a week to drive across the country. Yeah, that's what her. I was wondering. Is it just, like, every three months they just drive back and forth across the country and it takes them, like, a month and a half to do so? That looks like a nightmare. Like, you, as soon as you got back, you'd probably have to leave again. Like, absolutely not. 
Um, and also like every three months is more than I see my parents and my parents live like three hours away. <laughs> right. Like I kind of feel like that too. It's like, that's a huge commitment. I don't know if I'd be that good about it. I don't know. God, she's a good kid, I guess. So um, inside, Jacqueline, her daughter, Ashley, is slicing up some vegetables. And so then Ashley asks her mom where she got this knife. And so then Jacqueline replies, Pampered Chef Party. So it's just like, oh, lovely. Love that MLM product placement. Yeah, the joke about Botox parties and Pampered Chef, Pampered Chef parties more so, but some of the Botox too, is like, that is so northern New Jersey. Like, that is so how things went. Like, if your mom was gone on a weeknight, somebody was having a, a jewelry party, a Pampered Chef party, a Mary Kay party, somebody had something. <laughs> so yeah, that's what Jacqueline says to her parents. That's what the women do out here, Botox parties and Pampered Chef parties. Yep. Um, and she tells her parents that she got her lips done uh, and her dad doesn't really love her getting fillers. He says that she's going to look like Goldie Hawn in First Wives Club, which was, I have to admit, not a reference that I understood and I had to Google that image. Wait, have you not seen First Wives Club? No. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so much fun. It And it holds up pretty well too. And they do a really good Bechdel cast recap on it, but that's besides the point. No, it's cute. You should see it. Okay, good. Yeah, there's like a, there's a lot of movies that I haven't seen. Like if you're going to just like get in line behind my husband, who's got like Star Wars and Space Jam on the list. No, I was, wait, time out. You haven't seen Space Jam? I know, I know. How old, wait. I know, I'm like poor Space Jam demographic. I love that that's more like concerning to me than Star Wars because I've only seen like a couple of them. And I mean, I'm not really good about seeing a ton of movies either, but uh, Space Jam, I I don't know if it's worth watching as an adult. This is so far (laughs) from the point. I don't know if it's worth watching as an adult because if you ever really think about the plot, which is Michael Jordan has to save the Looney Tunes from being prisoners of aliens by playing a game of basketball with Bill Murray it sounds so terrible. I cannot believe they got this green lit, but it's it's got a great soundtrack and it's a lot of fun. Then if you just need like a fun little movie to pick up your spirits and be like, yeah, girl power, watch First Wives Club. Okay, great. <laughs> anyway, back to this. <laughs> back to the actual podcast. Um, so she says that uh, Dan, yeah, she was at Danielle's house when she got the fillers done and she just got caught up in the moment because all the other women were doing it too, which makes me wonder who else was there if Danielle supposedly doesn't uh, have so friends. That was on, no, that was on uh, an episode. It was okay. all five of the ladies. Okay, so this and is like before the extra... drama. Yeah, so that was an extra strike against Dina that was kind of, I feel like Danielle and Dina, like as much as they clash it's like i kind of sometimes it's it was very indicative of how those season has gone which is like dina was kind of just being herself and minding her own business and danielle is kind of taking it a little too personally but then dina was also kind of acting like an asshole because like basically danielle was like oh yeah i'm gonna do this blah 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 let me get my face shot up and dina was like no like that's not really it's not really me you know getting facial injections it's just not my scene and like you know so it's like okay i can understand that why you wouldn't want to just get injections by a doctor but in somebody's basement yes and at the same time dina was kind of cracking jokes i don't remember exactly what the jokes were but it was like i could see how they could be taken as passive aggressive digs yeah it's danielle so it was like a little bit of both okay well so that's where she that's where that happened i didn't see that (laughs) obviously um so she tells her mom that she's also thinking about getting botox in her forehead and her mom says that it's poison and it'll go through her system but yes it literally is poison 
Yeah. And, and I don't know if you've seen uh, Jacqueline's Instagram, but she has not taken her parents' message to heart. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, I, oh, I haven't looked up an updated uh, Jacqueline picture. No, she's, I mean, she's all just, it's basically, her entire Instagram feed is like, you know, sponsor, like Instagram, like literally the most cliche thing. She literally was like sponsor, is sponsored by the flat tummy tea and the Fit Fab Fun Box, or she's talking about, um, stuff related to autism because the son that she ends up being pregnant with at the end of this season is on the spectrum. So it's, it's an interesting mix. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So yeah, she just says in a talking head that, you know, her mom is always worried about like things ending in death. She's worried about Botox. She says it'll go to her brain and she'll die. And then she laughs and she's like, maybe it's true. I don't know. She's not too concerned about it though. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Obviously she doesn't care now. So (laughs) she kicks out her uh, kids, Ashley and her son, CJ, um, and she asks her parents for some advice. So basically her husband, who is Ashley's stepfather, but they seem to be really close, at least in this episode. Yeah, no, uh, he's he's really good to her. So it's sweet. So her husband bought a car for Ashley, but it hasn't been like the right time to give it to her. So they've been hiding it in some warehouse that they have, I guess. Because Ashley Um, is the worst like teen girl stereotype I've ever seen. She's, like, my age, I think, maybe a year older, but, like, she seems to have, like, decided that when she got a modicum of fame that she was going to do her own version of, like, I mean, a very scaled-down version of, like, the Paris and Nicole thing. Like, she just thought she was, like, too fucking cool for school and just so rude to her mom on television, which would have been the most mortifying thing to me. I I just, Ashley's awful. What was (laughs) awful? She seemed to have mellowed out. I don't know. Hopefully. Uh, Man, fuck her. But either way. (laughs) So basically, yeah, they said they wanted to see how she did in summer school because she apparently needed summer school. So, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, but she did, she did well in summer school, but apparently she's been having an attitude, so they don't want to reward her with a car at this point. Reasonable. Sensical. (laughs) Yes. So uh, Jacqueline's dad, who was a colonel in the army, he can be kind of strict. He advises that he, you know, if they give the car to Ashley, it has restrictions. Like, don't tell it, don't tell her that it's her car. Say that it's a car that's available for her to drive and that she has to earn it. Um, and then he says, I mean, it's ridiculous. Kids turn 16 and they're driving around in a Hummer. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's, I feel like that's got to be such a difficult thing to contend with as a parent, like to do the thing to to do the right thing which is like oh my child doesn't deserve this thing but it's like you also don't want your kid to feel completely left out and then be resentful of you that you denied them of this thing I don't know it's there's also a level of convenience of like having your kid be able to drive themselves around instead of you having to take them everywhere right plus especially in Franklin Lakes where they are everything is so separated it's there is they go to a regional high school you know it's it's more convenient for her to have her own car so it's like one of those things like I remember when I was a teenager and would get in trouble and my cell phone taken away it would be one of those things it's like well don't you want me to be safe (laughs) (laughs) I need the cell phone for safety (laughs) also to text my friends but safety I still cannot believe that my parents let me go across the country to the Grand Canyon when I was in eighth grade. They did not get me a cell phone beforehand. That's bonkers. I mean, times are different. It's amazing how things have changed. (laughs) I know. And I like my, some of my classmates had cell phones. So I like remember like three days into the trip, I bummed one, like I bummed it off of them and placed a call to my parents. But I was just like looking back on that. That's so funny that they didn't even give me a phone. 
different time. All right, so the next scene is Dina. Uh, This is just like a quick little kind of nothing scene, but she basically explains that her 12-year-old daughter, Lexi, is growing up. She's gone from sleeping with her stuffed animals to sleeping with her phone so she can text. So they're going to go through her room and get out all of her stuffed animals. Yeah, this is... I mean, this was a lot of fun. I feel like they have a very fun dynamic between the two Yeah, it's cute. Like, they seem to get along really well, and they were doing this whole process, which could be potentially really stressful, while laughing the whole time. So I think that that's great for all that you could say about everything. (laughs) Yeah, so they, she's filling up, like, garbage bags, like, piles and piles of stuffed animals. She pulls out, like, I don't know, a mountain of stuffed animals from underneath her bed. Um, It's seven garbage bags just from the room when all is said and done. Yeah, and I think the point of this was kind of to be like, look at these crazy rich people and the things they're giving their kids. Because if you remember, this was probably like the height of or at least kind of towards the tail end of the recession. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like this, like, look how these crazy people live. And they kind of set Lexi up a couple times to fail because she's 12. And sometimes you say and do assholeish things when you're 12, like trying to sound cool because she... One of the first talking heads they give her, she's like, I love having like a young, cool mom. Like if I had a fat, I don't know what I'd do with a fat old mom, you know, something like that. That it's like, damn, this girl's going to get roasted on the internet. (laughs) Yeah. Twitter wasn't really a thing then, but. (laughs) Yeah, there wasn't cancel culture back in 2009. Oh, (laughs) Oh, I can't even imagine what that poor girl would have had to experience because of those kinds of comments now. Although, who knows? Like 12-year-olds are all woke now. They read Teen Vogue, so. That's true. All, all the TikToks, the teens are, the teens oh, get it. All of the, the communist TikToks. I'm just oh like, wow. I like the all the ones where it's like, oh, the right time to say the N word. And it's just like nothing pops up or just like, uh, like yes. yes, so proud of you. <laughs> Gen Z is doing all right. TikTok, yes. if TikTok's taught me anything is that the kids are doing okay. Yes. Um, so not only does Lexi have seven garbage bags full of stuffed animals, she also opens up one of her, uh, dresser drawers and it is like ca- Halloween candy, just piles of Halloween candy from the past two years. Two um, years! <laughs> which is, uh, I also hoarded Halloween candy in my closet as a child. I had like a <laughs> pillowcase full of old candy for, I don't even know how long. I cannot believe you did not end up with... <laughs> ants or mice or something it's a miracle you should be so thankful (laughs) it's truly yeah truly quite lucky um but yeah Dina calls her a hoarder I really hope Dina got Lexi some like early intervention therapy because she she does have some hoarding tendencies as shown in this episode apparently like because it's not like your mom it's not like she seems like the kind of mom who wouldn't like let you have the candy or anything crazy like that so like I don't know what she was hiding it for yeah, she's like, what a waste. They're starving kids in this world, and you hide all this candy. And I was just like, but ca- candy's not going to nourish the starving right. children of the world. It's not uh, sending your candy to, like, some developing nation will not make a difference. Uh, I also was thinking, I don't know what they're going to do with the stuffed animals, because I'm pretty sure you can't donate those. Can you not? I think because it, it's the potential of carrying various types of, like, bugs oh i'm not positive well, but i'm I pretty sure you can't donate feel stuff like that's maybe a 2019 thing like because i feel no. like 
Oh, this really? This is something I feel like I've known for a while. Is oh. That you were never Because I feel like when I was a kid and we were trying to get rid of stuff, it was like, you. I, I'm not positive on that. I'd be curious if anybody wants to tweet at us and uh, at me. And <laughs> I don't know. have Twitter, so tweet I at I was going to say, tweet at me, uh, at Sonia Marie says on Twitter. I, I would love to know if you can donate stuffed animals, to be honest. So if any, I'd be happy to know. I feel like I've donated stuffed animals before. Uh, no, I think I just, I donated stuffed animals, I'm pretty sure, when I was a child. So I thought that maybe it was, like, I remember, like, there were all the bed bug outbreaks of, like, the early 20-teens. And that, I'm sure, made a difference. But I feel like back in 2009, I feel like I probably donated some of my stuffed animals. I, I mean, I guess you can, like, give them to people. But I don't know if you can, like, bring them to a Salvation Army-type, Goodwill-type thing. Maybe the Goodwills of South Carolina. Maybe, they're right, maybe they were just less stringent. Who knew New Jersey cared so much? I don't know. <laughs> So anyway, yeah, but if they're in New Jersey and you can't donate stuffed animals, who knows what they're going to do with all of those. So then the next scene we get is also sort of like a little nothing scene. It's with Caroline, and she basically tells us that she's decided to get a dog. It's a German shepherd named Atlas, um, and it's going to be a protection dog. So it's just a scene of this dog being trained to, like, viciously attack someone. Yeah, this just felt like a flex. Uh, this... But not even just a flex, kind of like an overreaction. Just because, I mean, so she makes this whole big point to be like, you know, we're well known in the area and like people Mm -hmm. try to get in touch with us and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, ain't nobody checking for you like that. Like maybe now that you're on TV a little bit more, but like definitely not prior to this. You're just trying to show people, oh, don't fuck with us. You know, get a security system and you know or just a dog for fun i'm not discouraging anybody from getting a dog but i mean most well depending on your situation but like if you have the <laughs> money to afford a big ass fancy fucking a big expanse of land then you can handle a dog but i mean i don't know it just felt like and this was also just we could have done without this scene and then just made the whole fight bit even longer <laughs> just yeah it was really pointless um but one of the things I did want to say was that when I was doing my research and I was just googling like fun facts about Real Housewives of New Jersey one of the things I found which was on the just probably least legitimate website Mm -hmm. that ever was uh but one of the things that said was like there have been mob rumors like connections with the Manzo family and organized crime so this was like one thing that made me think I was like well maybe they do have mafia connections if they have this big ass dog that they're training to kill someone My theory is that those relationships are tenuous. They probably know people who are affiliated with organized crime just because they hold, they're an Italian family from a very Italian area that hold events. So it's not unreasonable to assume that you know somebody who is. But then again, you were the one in your uh, Amy's Baking Company episode of your show that taught me (laughs) one of the easiest businesses to launder money through are restaurants. So anything Mm -hmm. is possible. Allegedly, 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 allegedly. Just never trust anyone who owns a restaurant. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> that's, that's just, just what I've learned. That's my understanding. So, <laughs> um, so that's the end of that scene, and then we're back with Jacqueline, and it just picks off from where they left off. Basically, Jacqueline kind of kicks everyone outside. Uh, Ashley is sitting on her phone. She like doesn't want to get up, and they're like, "Get up, Ashley! <laughs> like this is for you." What a basically. Bitch. I, it's, just, it's just such a nightmare. And I forgot if I mentioned this last time, but uh, she later became Ashley with two E's. Like, she legally changed it to make it the Ashley Simpson spelling for some reason. So she's, And she's stuck with that decision now, so. <laughs> what a, we stan Ashley Simpson. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess. 
Ashley Simpson. The Ashley Simpson show was the inspiration for this really? podcast. So I Ashley don't, Simpson don't get me holds wrong. a place I in my heart. I, I fucks with Ashley Simpson. I just don't think that like changing your name inspired by her <laughs> is a tr- it's a choice certainly. Yeah. Eh, well, she has d- disposable income, I guess, to do yeah, it. Yeah. Right. So. Well, her parents do. Her parents do at least. Yeah. Uh, so they all go outside, and Chris, who is Jacqueline's husband, Ashley's stepdad, he pulls up in a new SUV, a new, what was it, a Jeep Grand Cherokee? It was a brand new special edition Jeep brand Grand Cherokee in white. Stepdad of the fucking year. Like, round of applause. I mean, round of applause in theory. <laughs> like, what a good guy. Like, f- too nice to be honest she does not deserve this car in the slightest she's been nothing but a terrorist this entire season and you know she doesn't fucking deserve it uh yeah so she she starts crying she's like oh my god shut up shut up so she knows that it's for her because i guess it's what she asked for um and she checks out the car i do notice that she calls the stepdad dad so she is like i i knew that they were close but it's just interesting to me because you told me last time that she still has like a good relationship with her biological father yeah i forget if it's in but it's in between one of the seasons where it's like at jacqueline's like in her talking head being like ashley like hasn't lived here for a while like she was living with her dad and there's like a whole scene i don't again i don't remember which season where it's like her dad her stepmom Jacqueline and Chris all have like a come to Jesus meeting with her at like a Grand Lux cafe or some shit and basically to tell her like stop being so awful and you know they all seem to be on the same page and all seem to get along really well like I think that that's incredible and she and she calls him dad so that's really cool yeah so I think that's really nice but um Ashley says that she couldn't have been more surprised and she wasn't expecting it at all so that's good I guess that she wasn't like this wasn't an expectation that she would get this car I, I feel like that was kind of a lie. I'm sure she did expect it, but not necessarily at this moment. Like, she was surprised to get it today, and definitely in front of her strict-ass grandparents. Yeah. So, and she's ex- I love the two. She's excited to update her Facebook status in a way that was just so 2009 because she wrote it in, like, a complete sentence. It was like, uh, Ashley Holmes has a car, like, is, yeah. like, driving in her new car or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, Ashley Holmes just got her right. car, and then her dad's, like, just got a car to use. remember when it was, like, you had to put your name, like, your name was, like, built in, and you had to make it a complete sentence? Yes. Time. I remember when it had the is still oh, built uh-huh. in, yep, and so yep. then there would be all of those old statuses where you would still put song lyrics, but it would just be, like, Riley Innes is, like, tore my heart into pieces. <laughs> Whatever, some dramatic emo shit I was listening to. I was such a, like, a, a writing nerd that I, like, would make it a complete sentence when I did song lyrics. So I'd be like, Sonia Marie Sells is, bl- like, uh, listening to Cut My Life Into Pieces. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I would do that whole thing where I'd make it, like, a sentence and then do a colon and then put the song lyrics because I'm like, it has yes. to be a sentence. Is waiting to go to, yeah, oh all of these, like... Oh, old Facebook. Classic Facebook. Fuck Zuckerberg. Anyway. Pre-election tampering, uh, genocide in Myanmar, Facebook, a different time. (laughs) This is like such a spicy podcast this episode. Oh my gosh, I know. This this second take is a choice. (laughs) The second take is a hot take. (laughs) 
So um, then the next scene is with Dina and Caroline. They're going out to dinner with Lexi. And so this scene is basically for Dina to talk about how she doesn't want to work anymore and she just wants to be a housewife. Um, so she says that she doesn't like the business world. She just likes being like in her home. She likes staying home and keeping it beautiful. Um, and she just thinks that that's what's most important right now. Yeah, I mean, if you can, go for it. Like, I, you're doing what a bajillion people around the world like wish they could do and the worst part is you're talented and you're kind of not squandering your talent but like you know if you have a talent and you don't feel like sharing it I guess that's on you yeah um they also tell uh Caroline about how they had cleaned out all the stuffed animals and how Lexi's a big girl I guess she got like a haircut and kind of pans over to her and she does have like a blowout and her hair looks fabulous so um, and so then they like make it weird and gross by going from like talking about her nice new haircut to talking about how Lexi is growing boobs. They give Lexi a whole talking head to talk about her boobs and she just takes the opportunity. I don't know if I would have been that confident at 12. To be like talking about <laughs> Yeah, my she growing... seems really proud. Yeah, to be talking about my growing tits on national television. Like I don't know if I could have done that. <laughs> And so they had been talking about how, like, first, like, Caroline was being gross by saying, like, oh, you should, she said something, like, you should go with Teresa to get a breast augmentation. And then in Lexi's talking head, she's even like, well, mine are real. I can't help it. So it's weird. just, like, it's so weird. And again, she's 12. She's not even, like, an actual teenager. Oh, 12. Like, yikes. Um, and so then, basically, the scene just ends with Dina saying that, like, feminists hate me because I want to stay at home. And I'm, that's not true. Not- my feminism at all like you can do what you want that's the whole thing um and so she says that what she loves most is taking care of her husband her daughter and her cats and there's nothing wrong with that um and I have empathy for her because I love taking care of my cats so I get it I mean I I said this last time my only issue with this is like the amount of privilege it takes to like Mm -hmm. sort of be like this about it but I believe me the fact that you are able to do it the fact that you are that you want to do it is not the issue (laughs) yeah definitely not so she officially retires as she said so she's like I'm retired and I'm just a housewife now okay congrats Uh, then we get a quick little scene of Teresa or of Danielle getting dressed up to go to Teresa's party, just her and the two girls. So the girls are coming. They're coming to this party that's going to turn into a fight. Uh, let's, uh, we can, do, we'll, we'll talk about it. I have very yeah, yeah. feelings, as you know, so. About the, the involvement of the yes. children. So we get some dramatic music and then there's shots of the various housewives all driving to the restaurant. Yes. And I feel like, didn't you have something to I say did. about this? So the first exit they show is exit 163 off the parkway. I am 165. Shout out. Like, that's the thing about Jersey is like people, if you're from another region in Jersey, it's like, oh, what exit are you? And that's off the parkway. <laughs> uh, the other thing is that you see very quickly, uh, I guess at that point, it probably still would have been Giant Stadium. But you see a little something in the back. That thing is the American Dream Mall that was in construction at the time of this filming has just opened this month. This, <laughs> that land is cursed. Look it up. They've, it's literally been years in the making, but now it's the most exorbitant thing, like putting Mall of America to shame like it's absurd but it's it was so bonkers to me to like see it like and be like oh my god it was there then (laughs) 
and they're <laughs> yeah ten years and ago just opening it now. I it's so bizarre. Also, that they drove twenty miles to go to this restaurant when they have like some decent ones by them. I was just a little surprised, but I think because it's a town over from where Teresa and Joe grew up, that that is my only frame of reference of why they may have picked it. But I don't know. Those are my Jersey facts. Yay. (laughs) There's our geographical background and New Jersey backgrounds. (laughs) Yay. Um, So they'll all arrive at the restaurant. And so, yes, this basically, instead of becoming Teresa's housewarming party, is her boob warming party. (laughs) Except when her headlights shoot out, so... (laughs) So, yeah, Jer- Jacqueline comes over and, like, talks about her bubbies and how they look amazing. <laughs> uh, Teresa's, like, wearing this tight green dress. She looks amazing. Her body is banging. Her boobs are amazing. They're sitting high that and tight. doctor did an excellent job to the point that I literally, I always forget that Teresa got a boob job until I see the beginning of season one when she is literally an A cup, like a 34A, like flat as her back and I I was talking about it before because I was like there's it's so bonkers to me she was going to go through all that just to get a B cup because she wanted them to look natural and as much as I hate Joe he at the last minute was like why would you go through all this just for a B so she ended up getting a C (laughs) and they look so natural actually where that yeah that uh plastic surgeon is is the same place as my chiropractor (laughs) so references i know everybody's so riveted by all of this but no i think this doctor she is a walking testimonial for him and he must be doing incredible (laughs) so yeah her bubbies look amazing uh dina also comes over to admire the bubbies um and then she gives her a victoria's secret bag and says that she says that she got it for her and her new bubbies but actually it's kind of for joe and And they try to get joe's attention and he just goes yeah cool (laughs) he sucks oh I hate him. Yeah. And then even Teresa has like this talking head at this point where she's like, I think they look fabulous. My new bubbies. My husband even says so. Prove and it's it. just like, ugh. <laughs> Prove it. He does not like you as a person at all. <laughs> um, and then I guess Joe is going over to talk to Caroline's sons and asking them about her, like Caroline's boobs. Like, why would you ask someone about their mom's I don't boobs? No. And the fact that everybody is like, engaging in this conversation and not being like joe what are you talking to them about that for is just beyond me and caroline's yelling she's like they're real and i'm like gross stop it everybody stop so this is also when i was watching this the first time like the first i think the first part where i noticed that maybe they might be related to each other because caroline says like yeah dina says they're fake because she can't stand it i'm 12 years older than her and i have nicer boobies than her but I was like, why does why are these two strangers, friends, whoever they are, like non-related people comparing their boobs? <laughs> but then I was like, maybe they are related that to each other. Explains it. <laughs> also, there's a real quick little shot of Teresa's kids and like just blowing bubbles in their drinks, and they're just like really I, cute because they're so I young. I love those kids. I mean, they're they end up being Melania in particular, named after yes, named after Melania Trump. Uh, and is uh they're so cute but god are they terrible because Teresa let them do whatever and oh I'm sure I yeah I love them but they're Melania is actually I think my favorite housewives kid period just because she's so terrible 
Um, but they're really cute in this little yes. scene. They're so. babies here. It's so crazy. And there's a whole other kid that isn't even born yet. And we'll, we'll, we'll get into that a little bit, but. <laughs> so Teresa tells everyone to go ahead and move into the dining room for dinner. So they all gather around the table and they're just laughing and having a good time. And then at this point, I didn't notice this the first time I watched it, but when I rewatched it and I was taking my notes, I noticed that Caroline specifically says like, oh, this stuff is getting me. I have a, I have a buzz going. So Caroline is drunk throughout the stuff that happens going forward. It does forward. kind of inform a little bit of the way things go, for sure. Mm-hmm. And you can definitely tell that she is one of those people who's like a very bold drunk, just like a you're not going to fuck with I mean, me kind of drunk. I mean, she's a bold, like sober person, so <laughs> it could only get worse or better, depending on how you want to look at it. <laughs> Um, so then there's like some slight dramatic music and Danielle and her kids finally enter for the dinner party. Yeah, I'm I'm going to hop in with a lot of the I took notes on both this episode and the bonus extended Last Supper the bonus episode. And one of the first things that really struck me was like Danielle was like, so my only concern when I walked in was that my children were safe. And it's like funny because you probably put them in the most unsafe situation of anyone during this dinner but go off, I guess. <laughs> so, yeah, she walks in um, and she kind of says, like, hi awkwardly to everyone and takes their seats. Uh, she, like, gives a kiss specifically to Jacqueline because that's her friend. And then, so this was interesting. So the last time we talked, I was, like, I was very firmly team Danielle the first time we recorded. Mm. But you, like, have swayed me more to be, like, ambivalent. Yes, so. just like I'm ambivalent <laughs> about Onyx now. Look at how we work together <laughs> And it changed our minds. Everybody, America, this is possible. So <laughs> if two people who are totally on the same page about most things can, can agree about some other additional stuff, anything is possible. <laughs> <laughs> Truly anything. Uh, so she comes in, she gives a kiss to Jacqueline, and then she sits down. And then Teresa turns to Danielle and she's like, oh, what? No kisses? No kisses? And I kind of thought that Teresa was kind of like digging here a little bit first because it was just like, she said hi to you, but you made a good point of being like, this is Teresa's fucking party. This is Teresa's party. You don't need to like, I understand you don't want to go up to Dean and Caroline, but like, and it kind of felt to me like Teresa, it was clear Teresa didn't like her, but or like at least was tired of her but it was one of those things where I think like those are the kinds of experiences where you come in relatively neutral and somebody either just adds points or takes them away and this was definitely a subtraction kind of moment yeah yeah um so yeah at that Danielle like blows a kiss to Teresa but it's like the world's most passive aggressive kiss that has been blown so it's just like it's all it's all downhill from here Um, And then here we have Teresa's second talking head where she says, I decided to invite Danielle, even though there's controversy about the book. I'm not a rude person. Yeah. uh, Despite, well, this is another thing too, because it was despite the fact that she felt, well, Teresa felt like Danielle disrespected Joe an episode or two ago, which in fairness, (laughs) the context of that argument was they all decided to go for dance lessons because this new show, Dancing with the Stars, came out. And I forgot if it was Joe or Chris. One of them was like really into the show. And no, it had to have been Joe. So Joe was really into Dancing with the Stars and they wanted to go for dance lessons. So they turned it into a cast activity. And (laughs) whoever was leading the class, Joe made a comment like, oh, that guy's so gay. 
and Danielle was like not having it, which is like ally Danielle, but then was like, I'm, I'm doing this because my best friend is gay. And it's like, okay. And then there's a whole scene in season two where the guy she's hanging out with, like is calling the Manzos, the F slur. So it's like picking and choosing when you want to be offended by homophobia. Anyway, I'm sort of on Danielle's side, but it's worth noting that that is some of the context going into it of, and then I think like Danielle's flipping out on Joe and saying, and saying something like Joe's trying to tell her to calm down and she's like, Oh, I'm not your wife. So that was kind of in front of Teresa. So I think Teresa's got a little bit of resentment going in. Yeah. So that, that's good to know because if, wasn't super clear exactly going in but yeah Teresa at least she is kind of trying to go in with like a semi-neutral I guess sort of slate um also at this point Jacqueline says that she thinks Danielle is at peace with the whole book thing which is hilarious could not be more further from the base so far off base it is miles in the distance you could it's a blip (laughs) on the horizon no so they all toast to have a having a great dinner. Teresa thanks everyone for coming. They bring out a platter of raw oysters. And I guess a bunch of people here have like never had oysters before because they are all grossed out by I them. I have a feeling that Danielle ordered the oysters because I did not seem like anybody else at the table either was eating them or knew how to eat them. So I, I don't know what that was about. Also, it's like not the best thing for Danielle's image to just have something you have to like swallow like that. Well, I mean, it then turns into a whole... <laughs> joke which as we discussed last time would be amazing if there weren't children at the other end of the table (laughs) i mean yes that's the thing if you look at this as an adults only dinner party that shit looked fun as hell they were having this like really dirty discussion and everybody's drunk and laughing and really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. but in a fun way and like it it looked like the best time and then you just remember oh there are chill there are literal like toddlers at the other end of the table (laughs) yeah the kids yeah it was like ages from like six to 17 yeah no and nobody wants to hear any of this yeah so they go on to start talking about how the uh, oysters are aphrodisiacs. They, like, make jokes about Teresa swallowing. Um, and so then Teresa kind of starts talking about, like, oh, well, like, let's take these away from Joe. He shouldn't have any because he already wants it three times a day, and I'm sore, I'm sore. So Things gross. Like, funny if it's just adults, know. but gross. Things we didn't need to know. <laughs> So then, so then Teresa, I guess, just tries to kind of bring Danielle into the conversation because yes. she like calls out to her like, oh, Danielle, like when I got my bubbies done, I was like on the way home and Joe was being so sweet. And then he tried to get on top of me. And I was like, can I, can I stop? I just had surgery. Wait, which time and so Danielle. Kind of rapey, no? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. She's like probably still on drugs. You need to chill, my guy. <laughs> like. <laughs> yikes true true about that last time but i was watching it again today and i'm like no that's gross oh yeah and also she said that joe was gonna bring her a prosciutto sandwich Sandwich. (laughs) that is i feel like a very i feel like that's a very italian thing to say i'm not i'm italianish but not that italian that like i sandwich just fucking cracks me up yeah that got me um but so yeah she says to to Danielle like oh yeah and I told him like oh I just had surgery can you let me heal and then Danielle kind of like 
maybe doesn't isn't the kindest thing to say back to her where she's like well you didn't have surgery down below you had surgery on yeah, your boobs I didn't get that because so i i assume that Teresa's intention with this again while still trying to be relatively neutral notices that danielle isn't really participating and wants to bring her in the conversation also a small part of me thinks like oh because we're having a sex talk i can just commiserate with her because she's the most sexual person at this table so i didn't really know how to read that but danielle clearly while being nervous and anxious about having to do this big dramatic reveal that she does like I was expecting her to just kind of be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. But instead, she's like, well, the bottom half of you was fine. And it's like, word? Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just like kind of a little bit just undermining what Teresa said. Instead of just like agreeing with her, it was like just like, well, you you could have had sex with him if you wanted to. He wanted to. <laughs> mm. Well, clearly he did. Ugh, gross. <sighs> so, but then... All of a sudden, it's like really confusing in just the the finale version. I think it makes it a little bit more clear in like the Redux extended yeah. cut. But the camera just pans down and the book is just sitting on the it table. Just seems, it seems if you were to just see the finale episode, you would think that as soon as they were done with the appetizers, that the, she throws the book on the table. When in reality, it was while coffee is being poured and desserts are arriving at the table. Which is good because watching this the first time, I was like, dang, they didn't even get a chance to have dinner first before all of this goes south. Yeah, that was the thing. I remember thinking, like, well, re-watching it recently, like, forgetting some of the details. I was like, oh, my God, they really had to leave before they even had dinner. That's awful. You came all that way. But no, she did at least wait to the end, which kind of, I don't know, kind of makes what she did a little bit more appropriate. Like, she does not approach it. She does not approach it in a great way. But, like, what she's doing... If she was coming from a place of pure intentions, waiting until like after dinner to be like, we've all gathered here. I want to have a conversation with you all. I mean, I'm, I'm torn between being like, wow, you really killed the vibe. Like everybody was having so much fun and you really ruined it to, but also being like, I can't believe you sat through appetizers, dinner, God knows how many courses like, and drinks and kikiing and whatever to only do this at the end of the night. Like, that's actually a lot of restraint, and I'm kind of impressed. So, uh, Teresa says in her talking head that she saw her reach down, grab the book, and place it on the table, and she says, I can't believe this girl's going to do this right now. Dina says that nothing good is going to come of this. Um, and then Danielle, Jacqueline says that, like, even she didn't know that she was going to bring the book, obviously, because Jacqueline was like, oh, yeah, I think she's over yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, nobody was apparently caught off guard more than uh, Jacqueline, so... So Danielle takes the book. It's like pointed directly to Dina, but she calls it pointed at a 45 degree angle. I I mean, I'm not good at math, but I don't think that logic is sound, (laughs) but whatever. Because, yeah, if that's the 45, where's the 90? It's not, whatever. Um, So Dina asks, like, what's what's that for? And Danielle says that she wants to talk to everyone for a minute. So here is where I'm like with Danielle. Like, this is where I still stay team Danielle because she says that she brought the book because it seems to be haunting her and she wants to clarify a few things like because you, you've clearly taken my interest in what my life was 24, 25 years ago. So she says that there have been a lot of lies that were written and spread about her and that she doesn't appreciate that people were talking about her behind her back. And then she goes on to say that, you know, this book was written by my first husband. Um, the photograph in the book is me and there are two things that are true. I was arrested and I didn't, I did change my name. 
but I was never a prostitute or any of the other things that happened. I kind of went back and forth about in terms of the fact that it's like, well, she told Jacqueline and she told us that she, the stripper thing was true. But I also understand why she would have left that out because knowing this crowd and just the overall sex negative culture of the late 2000s, that they would have taken that and ran with it and used that to discredit her, to call her all kinds of things, but a child of God, you know. So as much as I'm like, is this an inconsistency or is this a a, a purposeful omission for for to, mm-hmm. to give yourself a little bit of equal footing? I just think it was so hilarious that Caroline in the Redux is like, I can't believe we're having this. Uh, discussion in front of children even my own children and they're like adults and it's like oh so this is the part where you're like <laughs> this is too much not the whole discussion about your boobs Teresa's boobs Teresa getting you know some alleged marital rape like you know all of that was fine this is the part where you're like oh this is really uncomfortable we should get them out of here like you should get them out of here like get out of please yeah um so dina tries to cut in as danielle is kind of giving her spiel but caroline to her credit like i'll give her credit for this is like no let danielle finish like let us hear her out i mean are we gonna Um, give her credit for this though because clearly the intention is just for her to bury herself so it's like you're doing the right thing on paper but not not really not for not for the good reason i mean Everything that I think that everything that Danielle's saying right now still is pretty reasonable. So it seems like at least she's letting her get out her piece yeah, so that she can. She definitely makes some very good points, you know, basically saying that she didn't tell because so many of the ladies things is like, you should have told us we were friends. And it's like, y'all know good and damn well that you weren't friends like that. You all didn't really like her, or at the very least, you thought that she was, like, a lot to deal with, so you kept her at a periphery level. She didn't owe anybody an explanation about any of this. Yeah, and that's, like, what Teresa says. is like, well, you were our friend. You would have told us first, but she's like, I, you know, not, you didn't know me well enough. None of you know me well enough to deserve to know what I happened 25 years ago. Yeah. And she's right. Like, I, I, it's funny because as much as I know Danielle is this villain, like literally one of the worst housewives, period, in my opinion, that she, I don't remember her making this much sense, to be honest. Like, and I'm like watching her going like, listen, I still don't fuck with you, but valid, valid points all around. Yeah, like Danielle is obviously the Kelly Ben Simone of this Housewives oh, cast. You're literally naming my second least favorite housewife. So I mean, you're on. <laughs> you're doing great. So no, they really are. But uh, Kelly Ben Simone made so much less sense on yes, Scary Island. Uh, hundred. Kelly Ben Simone on Scary Island makes the opposite of sense. Just, but at the very <laughs> least, we got a great go to sleep gif out of it. So I appreciate it. <laughs> so um. Yeah, Teresa, Danielle kind of get into it a little bit. Danielle's like, are you done yet? Teresa's like, no, are you done yet? And Danielle's like, I'm not done. I just begun. So Caroline. fucking talk to me like that when they're coming to a dinner that I paid for. Bitch, you're lucky (laughs) that you got all that you got. Yeah, so Caroline again's like, you know, let her speak, let her have hers, and you can have yours. Um, And Caroline says in her talking head, like, I thought she had the right to try try and explain herself. Would I believe anything she had to say? Probably not. Yeah, no. See, that's sure. You know, give her a piece just to bury yourself. So, 
And Danielle says in her own talking head that uh, she had nothing to do with the showing of the book, but obviously Danielle thinks that she did. Um, and Danielle says to her, like, I've never even had that book in my hands. Which, is that a lie? That feels like a lie. It feels like a lie because, okay, so the version of events that we get in episode five is that Jacqueline, Dina, and Caroline were all together when a niece, which is tough because there are 11 Lorita children, so we don't know who they're talking about. Um, <laughs> whose kid they're talking about, rather. And called them and was like oh my god I just got this tea about this book so they google the book Caroline says she took it out of the library I think they all read it was like they turned it into kind of like a book club between the three of them at least and maybe Teresa (laughs) they probably had to read it to Teresa but either way you know like it seems like they all were very much aware of what was happening with the book so a lot of this Mm -hmm. being like oh I didn't really have anything to do with it I don't know how much of that I buy. Yeah. Okay. Because it's really confusing about who did what with the That's book because they're all sense. lying. And I'm still unclear about it. Like, it's been 10 years and I'm still unclear about who I believe and to what extent I believe them. Yeah. You have the entire season of context and 10 years of, like, hindsight and it's still, still a, mystery. a mystery. So the next thing that happens is Danielle kind of, like, launches into it again. And at this point Teresa's like wait 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 should the kids go outside <laughs> Teresa making sense for once great choice uh this is when Danielle in my mind went from just being kind of like oh really annoying and really dramatic to being like oh no like this is just straight up bad parenting because she wants her children and I forget when she says this I'm assuming it's in the the bonus episode but it's like she says that she wants her children in the room with her because she felt alone. Like, she needed mm-hmm. somebody. And it's like, I totally understand that. But, like, don't put your 10 and 14-year-old in this position. Yeah. And so, like, not only is she being really inappropriate with her own children of, like, being like, well, no, they have to know about what's going they on don't. with this book. So they need to be in here. Yeah, they don't. But also, she's being a bitch about Teresa wanting her, like, eight and six-year-old to That's, leave the room. No, those kids are younger. Well, I think, uh, what's her name? Gia might be. Well, Gia was probably eight or nine because she's a freshman in college now. I'm pretty sure Melania and Gabriella were three and four. Like, mm-hmm. there's no reason anybody under the age, anybody, like, Ashley should have been the youngest person in the room. And that's yeah, even at 17. It. Like, Ashley, or at the very least, uh, Chris Manzo should have been the youngest people in the room. None of those kids should have been in there. Yeah, so Danielle's, like, a bitch about that. And they have to be like, hey, if you want your kids to be in here, that's fine. But, like, let Teresa take her kids outside if they want to. So the kids go outside. And then over at the kids' table, someone even asks, like, I think it's Jillian, asks, like, do we need to leave? And Christine's like, I'm not leaving. I don't want to watch this. has a talking head in the bonus episode that's like, you know, I didn't want to leave the room, but I didn't think it was going to turn into this. So... Yeah, and then I think, well, she says she says something later that really made me sad, but we'll get to it. Oh, yeah, Jillian. Jillian says she wanted to jump in and defend her own mother, and it's like, that's awful. Like, you yeah, should not feel that. So inappropriate. Yeah, no. So uh, Caroline kind of goes back to Dina, and she's like, just say, or goes to Danielle and says, like, say what you need to say. And so she reiterates, like, you know, this has been 24 years. None of you people deserve to, like, know what happened to me. 
Um, and then she says that you know, she never did the things that were mentioned in the book. And she says that she's not going to list them because if you read it, you know. And then she says, some of you have already investigated it to find out that it was lies, which is weird. I think they just, I think that they, probably those women, like, you know, the, the Loritas and Teresa were probably like, what the fuck did we just get ourselves into? They probably had some resources. They probably had connections. I know a woman who is Teresa's longtime friend and becomes a housewife, is a housewife currently, like has affiliations with police departments. I'm sure they know a bunch of people who like could have gotten Mm -hmm. more details. But in fairness, and Danielle even says this too, like I understand your desire to want to keep your distance knowing or reading what you read. Uh, Mm -hmm. She then, she says something like, you know, I understand that, but like, and I'm with Danielle on this. It's not the idea of knowing and deciding you don't want to continue on a friendship or whatever. It's your decision to start talking about it to other people. That's the issue. Yeah. And it's like whether or not I believe her or believe that the, the Manzo Lorita clan had anything to do with it. Like I, I can get that. I can agree with that in a vacuum, that statement. Yeah, and so she says that, like, it's just the fact that it was, like, brought out in public, you shoot, you showed it to people, because I guess what is being alleged is that they had this book at their hair salon that they all go yeah. to, is that correct? Yes, that for some reason the hair salon becomes, like, a linchpin in, like, throughout the season, like, the, the salon gets more airtime, like, talking about time than the book does, to be honest, like, it's bonkers. <laughs> Um, and so also Danielle has this really gross line here where she says to Dina that she sat at home alone throwing up with diarrhea for three weeks because of her. Listen, I was with Danielle until that point and I'm like, you are making things not good. You're not sounding sane and rational when you're blaming somebody for your nervous tummy. Yeah. Um, so she says, you know, like, or Teresa says that uh, she has something against Dina. I'm not sure what, but it's like, well, I think I know. I some because theories, you know. <laughs> <laughs> She's kind of made it a little bit obvious about what she has against Dina, at least in this right. moment, even if that wasn't the whole, like, our overarching theme of the season. Right. Um, and Dina says, like, she thinks I'm out here trying to ruin her reputation, but she does a good enough job of that on her own. Not which, untrue. You know, which, <laughs> from what you've told me, yeah, I, I can see that. Uh, so... Danielle says in a voiceover that she knows that Dina revealed the book and she knows that her sister Caroline was with her that day as well. But then Caroline tells Dina to be quiet and Caroline turns to Danielle and she's like, well, look at me because it's me. I'm the one who told them. Bullshit. Bullshit. I do not believe this. And they tell on themselves a lot. I, I, what I think happened here, because I don't know exactly what happened, but here's what I know. Here's what I know didn't happen. And it's that Caroline look I believe that she likes to be nosy and bossy but I don't think that she is capable of giving enough of a fuck to bring that book around I think and she tells on like I said she tells on herself a lot she says she's got a line in the bonus episode that's like uh, Dina gets nervous in like confrontation situations whereas I'm a bull in a candy shop <laughs> and you know and is saying you know basically I think regardless of whether or not Dina showed the book, Caroline was willing to fall on the sword. 
I think that she just mm-hmm. wanted the attention off of Dina. She knew it would throw Danielle off her game because she was so prepared in her mind, you know, that Dina did it, Dina did it, Dina did it. And then to hear that it was not, that that's not the case would totally throw off her strategy and there would be no way for the fight to continue. I did notice, though, my second time watching it, that when Caroline says that, Teresa is like eyes wide, mouth agape, which is interesting because in her talking head, she's like, was I surprised that Caroline revealed the book? No, I wasn't surprised because I knew that. And it's like, you mm-hmm. sound like a damn liar, lying liar. You're just making things up. <laughs> like, it's like, I get that you want to protect, protect your friend, but it's easier to just say nothing. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, um, yeah. Caroline sort of launches into Danielle and this is where she's like pointing at her and she's like, let me tell you something about me. Oh my God, me. no, it's, it's literally, I used to say this line all the time when this episode came out. It was, let me tell you something about my family. Family, important family. Let me tell you something about my family. We are as thick as thieves and we protect each other until the end. I don't know why. Like I to, behind behind the prostitution horror speech, like the the prostitution horror monologue, that is my second favorite line in that episode. So yeah, Caroline's going after her, and then Danielle like yells at her to stop pointing her finger at her, and Danielle says like We're the same age. You're not going to talk to me like an adolescent. I forgot to Which... look this up. By the way, Caroline is not <laughs> yet sixty. Hmm. Okay. So interesting i actually wanted to look up how old danielle was because i forgot if they're actually i'm not the same age. but she was 45 i'm 10 not years one ago, so yeah they're about the same age this is bonkers to me that nobody none of these people have hit 60 yet but yeah i not you know if a woman a, a woman aging naturally there's nothing oh, wrong no, with that but, but they're caroline... not aging naturally so <laughs> i mean well it's caroline is yes. but i mean well, it, she's not doing herself any favors yeah just caroline compared with everyone else the way that they all look like especially Danielle obviously has had a lot of work done um and it's not like bad work like it's not like horrible you can like horribly obvious but you can tell and if she like she's saying that I'm the same age as you Caroline and she's like oh really that's every all of it is very confusing they've all gotten a bunch of work done which you know if that's your choice and certainly if you have the money for it and I'm sure being on tv like is like a very harsh reality about the way you look but like Teresa in particular, like, she went full Kardashian and just de-ethnicked her face. <laughs> like, her whole appearance. <laughs> it's just, it's a, it's a very different person. Still has that low-ass forehead, though, so. <laughs> you would think she would get some, like, That's laser hair resurfacing if, or something. Listen, I always used to say that if you took her forehead and my forehead, we would be two people with normal-sized foreheads. <laughs> <laughs> That's the goal, just to morph with Teresa. <laughs> so so then yeah Caroline's just saying in a talking head that like she doesn't care about her past or how Daniel lives her life but you're not going to attack the people that she loves so yeah this is kind of where she's telling on herself because it's like not about her having revealed the book it's just about Dita being attacked yeah, yeah. They, they make that really clear and it, it just reminded me of like such a, I feel like there's several at least several SVU episodes like this where it's people in a family will like both admit to a murder or something and then they're like well since nobody's not admitting to it then I guess we can't charge them or whatever I don't know <laughs> like you know that's it's just such a trope thing where it's just like let me take the heat off this person and put it on me mm-hmm. because I can handle it and that's clearly Caroline's goal 
So then they all start yelling at each other that obviously they've been yelling, but it's weird because Dina says something to Danielle where it's like, you started vicious lies that could hurt my child and hurt my family. But what rumors were spread about Dina? Because it seems like the only person with stuff going around that could actually like hurt her children is I Danielle. Remember. I remember like hearing that line when I watched it recently and being like, I'm not clear on what they're referring because I watched the whole season back to back. It was it's not a big undertaking, so I highly recommend it. But like, you know, it, it it's not really clear on what she was saying what she was referring to because you keep hearing buzzings about like oh I hear I hear Danielle talking about me but it's like about what the only thing I would think that it is is that so this is Dina so Dina and Caroline are sisters who are married to brothers this is Mm -hmm. Dina's second marriage and I think she went from being kind of like not a lowly single mom but like definitely not as affluent as she is at this point um Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just, like, some gold digger type shit. Like, I don't... But then Danielle's not really in a position to talk. Yeah, like, who's so Danielle when to talk? That was my only thinking, but I was like, that logic is struck down by Danielle being the ultimate gold digger. So I'm not... I'm not clear. I don't know. Yeah, and so Danielle says, you know, well, when I'm attacked, I'm going to attack back. And Dana says, well, no one's attacking you, which I was like, yeah. oh, well, she seems, she seems a little attacked right I now. Mean, like, she's kind of... And plus, I think Danielle is one of those people, too, where she's because she's such a victim in her mind all the time. The idea that three people are on the same side and are always going to have each other's back is by default a threat to her. Mm hmm. She yeah, I mean, she is obviously very insecure for uh, for sure. So the other thing that happens then is here is when Danielle asks if they like brought the book specifically to the salon chateau or Mm -hmm. whatever. And this is where, like, they're starting to, like, the stories are really not syncing up with the three people who were Nobody involved. Nobody has a solid story. Like, I hope none of them actually commit a crime together because, holy shit, they are bad at this. So, yeah, this is super confusing. So, Dina's saying, like, no one else in town knows about this. And Danielle's like, okay, well, what about taking it to the salon? Dina's like, no, we didn't take it to the salon. And then Caroline's like, well, I did. But shut up. Like, you're all so bad at this. Yeah, and Dina's just like, at this point, Dina doesn't even know what's going on. She just looks shook. And Danielle's like, well, I heard it was Dina. And Caroline's just like, lie me. You're lying. You're all lying. Just stop. (laughs) And so then Jacqueline is like, this whole time has just been sitting over here at the end of the table. And she says, like, it was hard for her, like, watching my friend be attacked with no one to back her up. But, like, she obviously didn't want to get involved, like, with her sisters-in-law and her friend. But then Dina brings her into it by saying, well, Jacqueline, you were there. What, you remember what happened. Like, didn't it happen X, Y, Z this and way? And I'm dying because and at this point, the music changes to straight up Danny Elfman Beetlejuice score. It's literally, I swear, <laughs> even today when I was watching it, I'm like cracking up because like, dun, 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 dun. And I'm like, oh my God, this is the Beetlejuice soundtrack. Holy shit. I don't know why they picked uh, that for that tense moment. It just was so it was so silly. <laughs> I really need to rewatch that. I swear that to God, scene it's the Beetlejuice. Listen music. for the That's Beetlejuice. All I can hear because uh, Beetlejuice is like oh my, my god, same. Movie. And I saw it actually a couple years ago at the oh my god at Lincoln Center. They did uh, Danny Elfman music performed by an orchestra, 
And then Danny Elfman Ooh. came out to, because he's the singing voice of Jack Skellington. So he came out and sang all of the Nightmare Before Christmas songs. And if I'm, t- you would have thought that I was a teenage girl at a, like at a fucking BTS concert. I was <laughs> losing my, I was like, he's here, he's here. Like, oh my God, it's so good. It was so great. Oh, that sounds amazing. Oh, so good. Good times. All right. So back at the fight. Uh, so Jacqueline is like, um, no, uh, that, it did not happen that way. You two came into the salon and you were showing the book to everyone. So then Jacqueline throws Caroline and Dina right under the bus. Caroline tries to say that was a but lie. I, I am not clear on what Jacqueline's story was because it sounds like she didn't witness Dina and Caroline doing it. She heard that they were doing it. And it's like, okay, which, you know, you're in the salon relatively regularly. Maybe you heard it from people at the salon. But also, how much of this is Danielle in your ear being like, I heard that they did it. I heard that they did it. And you're just mixing up stories. You're also several drinks in. You're a mom. It's been a long day. Like, I just, I was not clear. Jacqueline's story was the most confusing of all, in my opinion. They, it was all confusing. So Dina tries to say that all three of them, like Jacqueline, Dina, and Caroline, all found out at the same time. And Jacqueline says, no, you guys showed it to me. And it's just like, no one knows what's going on here. And here Danielle says, like, Jacqueline coming to my defense was a surprise. And this is really weird the way she says this. Right or wrong, Jacqueline's going to do what's right. Um. <laughs> and then, but I it didn't in any way, shape, or form expect it, ask for it, or want it. Or, but boy, I was really happy when she did it. Yeah, I. and then on top of that, in the bonus episode, Christine, poor Christine, was like, when Jacqueline defended my mom, it really took a burden off my shoulders. Ugh, uh, so sad. Why are your kids here? That's so sad. I know. It's it's really bad. So Dina, Caroline, Danielle, and Jacqueline are all yelling at each other. I can't tell what's going no. on at this point. But this is when Teresa jumps back in again. And she's like, well, so then why did your ex-husband write that freaking book? Obviously, something has to valid. be true. Again, <laughs> valid so. point from Teresa. I mean, and I think that a lot... I think Danielle doesn't want to admit and I think she's got her victim narrative and wants to BS because she's saying that, you know, she showed up after a modeling shoot and her boyfriend and then she says some other story where like he had a huge house. So how was I supposed to know what was happening around the house? And it's like you're not helping yourself. And these are like not just like, oh, I was, you know, some side chick to a drug runner. Like she was participate allegedly participating in kidnapping like literally a child <laughs> kidnapping a child pistol yeah. whipping people like her one of her alleged victims spoke out and was like you i was reading an article on nj.com about how she was like you really downplayed your role and like what you did to me and it's like ooh, yikes that's yeah just watching this one episode you do not learn the like seriousness of all of these allegations nope, you would just be like oh wow this guy wrote a book about her that's pretty bonkers but no it's like it's a lot more bonkers than that yeah so and then danielle gets really sassy with Teresa, and she's like i told you Teresa, were you not there two things written that are true name change i got arrested pay attention police, police. pay attention police. police i say that all the time <laughs> i just it's so good and so 
Teresa is like wide-eyed just staring at her and she has a talking head to where she's like here I am throwing a dinner party that and she tries to disrespect me in front of my friends I was just so so done with her which uh, that's all valid I mean I I I agree with her I give her that even knowing why Teresa is upset the rate at which she goes from regular angry to Hulk smash is record time like <laughs> yeah it's within within this next sentence the entire time it takes her to say this sentence she goes from just like upset to flipping the table so she says you're stripping stripping you're stripping prostitution whore you're fucking engaged 19 times you fucking Super stupid bitch! bitch and just flips up the table it's like the equivalent of like when people type stuff and then mid word like switch to all caps and to finish out the rest of the sentence like yelling (laughs) like she goes from being like regular mad and and it's straight up it is literally hulk strength that table those tables are heavy there was stuff on it like Mm -hmm. and she she doesn't obviously i feel like calling it a table flip is like inaccurate but she does shake the table like she makes well, she like, yeah, she like, fl- I mean, she flips it at least yeah, halfway no, she over. Gets it, she gets, it gets some air. So, <laughs> gets some sick air. But like, there's all shit on that table and there are people sitting at it. Like, and she just is like, I'm doing the motion as if this isn't an audio medium. <laughs> yeah, for- but like, she really does get, and what's bonkers to me, well, I keep saying bonkers, but like, if what's wild to me is that she says earlier in the season that she does not go to the gym. And I guess it's from having, like, little solid built Italian children that, like, are chunky and you're probably picking them up all the time. That, like, that is your bicep tricep workout because I don't know how she did that. Yeah. So the other thing that I love is that, like, she's, like, basically, you know, listing all of these allegations against her. And she's like, you are stripping. You're a prostitution whore. You are fucking engaged 19 times. I don't know how that's physically possible and by the way everyone if you're out there listening to this and you are single and you're feeling down about yourself just remember that danielle staub has been engaged now over 20 times and been married three times so there is somebody out there for you i mean my go-to example is like (laughs) if uh what's her name if elizabeth smart can find somebody despite all of her trauma and like life experience you can find somebody and if danielle staub can be engaged this many times so can you Anything is possible. <laughs> yeah, if you believe you can be engaged 19 times, you prostitution whore. You can probably get engaged once if Danielle could get engaged 19 times. <laughs> so after she, like, flips the table or turns the table over, whatever she does, she's, like, still screaming, but there are no words happening. <laughs> she's just, like, screaming. It's also worth noting that when she gets up, that Joe, you know, blocks her, because that's her husband, mm-hmm. and Chris Manzo also gets up to try to help she fucking launches his ass across the <laughs> room just with her arm just a quick shove and he says in his talking head in the bonus episode he's like i have friends that weigh at least twice what teresa weighs who i've been able to hold back in fights and teresa launched me like <laughs> and she does it to andy cohen in the season two reunion she like throws him <laughs> down in the chair like she he goes to like block her and she just pushes him right down to get in danielle's face it is a sight to behold She's like a barbarian. She just like goes into it's her rage. Like one of those things, like... like how they like the mom strength. You know, like when your kid gets hit by a car and you can lift the car off them. It's like that, but like used for evil instead of good. <laughs> Not 
evil. Correct, like, right? It's used for good TV instead of just a good altruistic purpose. Parody. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they, they sort of, like, push her. She's, you know, being pulled off. Um, also, at this point, we do get, like, a quick pan around the room, and we see that Jillian and Christine are just still sitting still there watching her mom there. get yelled at. And they're like, oh, like, Teresa? What One of them is, like, Teresa acted like the complete opposite of a lady. And it's like, oh, my God, you poor babies. Like, yes, you're not wrong, but, like, oh, my God, why did you have to witness that? Because that's got to be extra scary. Like, it's one thing to have your parent yelling at somebody, but it's another thing to, like, be in that moment and see that you don't know what Mm -hmm. could happen. Like, you could think that your parent is literally in physical danger. Yeah. Uh, Also, so Danielle says that in her talking head, she says that she's known Teresa for 15 years and she's never seen an ounce of that behavior. I believe it because she hasn't really gotten to this level again. Like, she's gotten... It's wild that she just goes that far so quickly, though. it was probably drunk. And really, it was that she was Mm. so... She might have just... That might... Being called stupid might just be her, like, absolute limit. Because there's a bunch of stuff that happens over the next couple seasons where she certainly gets pissed and gets to her fair share of, like, fights. But, like, being called stupid in that moment was probably too much. Yeah, and so, yeah, that's the next thing that she says, and also there, she really seasons the F-bomb quite liberally in this sentence, so she's like, don't fucking think that I'm fucking airheaded and stupid, because that's what pisses me off, and then telling me to fucking pay attention, she doesn't know what the, she doesn't know who the fuck she's fucking with, and I have no fucking skeletons in my fucking closet, thank well, you. Lie detector has determined that <laughs> yeah. is a lie. Yeah, those, uh, those 41 counts of fraud that happened, uh... Then, then charges say otherwise. Yeah. And then on top of that, like, there's the bonus stuff where it's like Joe probably could have, should have gotten a DUI one time. It was the whole using his brother's ID when he wasn't. Well, we, we'll get to all that. But since you've got skeletons. <laughs> you know what I was kind of thinking, too, is that at this point in her life, like, things are going so great that, like, that's the kind of thing that would get you to that level of anger because you're not angry enough on a day-to-day basis. You know, mm-hmm. like, if, if you're not used to being made angry, then something that's kind of silly and trivial is going to set you off to that level. It's, like, displaced. The privilege. I, yeah. The privilege. I, I forget who said I think it's Dina who's like, I would love to live in Teresa's head for a day. And it's like, during this point in time, yeah, I would too. It looks like so much fun. <laughs> she just, like, has a wad of cash on her at all time and just shops and takes her babies around and puts them in different accessories. Like, it's so cute. It's just, it's a different, <laughs> different life. So uh, Dana says to Danielle, you know, she says, I'm not an innocent part in any of this. I cannot stomach you. And then this is like my favorite line from Danielle. She like takes a sip of wine and she's like very just cool about it. She's like, sweetie, the feeling is very mutual. It's like you told her. (laughs) (laughs) So the fight kind of is just like winding down at this point. They're like all still arguing with each other. But like it's obviously like once the table has been flipped, like that's the climax um, and then ultimately Jacqueline's husband and Dina, Caroline's brother, he kind of just says like, everyone calm down. Like you're all acting like a bunch of idiots. Yes. We should all just be happy that like we're healthy and we're together and we're having a great dinner. Everyone. Yeah, it was, it, he actually makes like a really good series of points, which is like, you know, we have our health and you know, like it, the book isn't really that big of a deal in the grand scheme of things and says, which I thought was really funny. Like, uh, 
you know, Danielle, you're welcome in my home at any time, which if you go to the description of season two, episode one, it's like Chris tells Jacqueline that Danielle is he doesn't feel comfortable with Danielle in his home. And it's like, my, how the tables have turned <laughs> within like the season one. Also, break. I forgot that I have this because this absolutely had me dying in my notes that in the bonus episode, uh, they have a talking ash. Everybody gets talking heads in the bonus episode, by the way, basically, except for the, the except for Teresa's kids. Uh everybody's got talking heads and Ashley's is she first she goes like only Teresa could make a table flip look hot and then says uh like Teresa went up to her and Jacqueline later and were like oh like was I classy at least did I look good and they were like no Teresa you weren't classy you just flipped a table like that's what they say to her they're like no Teresa you weren't classy are you kidding us <laughs> Oh, bless Teresa that just like sweet pure <laughs> really hoping for the best out of that weird situation she put herself in so <laughs> so yeah it kind of wraps up I mean people are still tense like things are the situation is still tense but it sort of just like zooms in on each person and gives a little like where are they now um so Zena, uh, Dina's first and it just says that she's enjoying being a housewife again she devotes her time to her charity her family and her cats yep sick life love that um, and then Teresa has her last little talking head. And again, she's like, I consider myself a very classy woman. And that's just not like me. And I don't think I could hurt a fly. Bitch, I beg to differ with those guns. Hello? I know. Uh, and so then Teresa's little, t- um, where is she now? She's still ha- helping her daughter Gia with her acting career. Her new bubbies did the trick. And she and Joe are expecting. Yo, I am not, I, I don't know the math on this. But I am not not convinced that this baby was not conceived as a result of this night <laughs> that night I swear to god there was a there was an episode of real housewives of potomac this season that it was like a really tense it, i can't go into that whole story now it's a whole big mess but like it was a very weird situation where we know the couple had sex because she told us and then it ended up being like that was the conception date and it's like why do i know when your baby was conceived anyway <laughs> could you imagine that this baby was that adriana poor adriana was born out of like conceived out of weird rage (laughs) weird yeah that doesn't bode well for like your future um caroline has a last little talking head so i hey did you catch this because i wrote this down but i haven't rewatched it since i've taken my notes did she say danielle owes danielle i I didn't get to that part in the episode okay i i'm actually curious i forgot to go back and check but i so that's what I wrote down is that she said Danielle owes Danielle an apology and maybe Dina owes her one too. It was a little tip In for tap. fairness, their names could, especially with the intensity of their accents, those names could be kind of interchangeable. I know I was having a really hard time mm-hmm. taking notes because I would, I normally I will do the first initial, but obviously they're both D. And then I was trying to do Dina and Danny, but it's like, okay, so those are just the vowels switched. That's not helpful. So I would have to like type out yep. Danielle every time. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> this sucks. Yeah, it was, it was a pain in the ass. Um, but either way, like all that to say that it, it, their names might be interchanged in Caroline's mind or it, they just sounded similar enough. Yeah, I'm going to go back and watch, like, the end half of this episode again, just mostly to hear the Danny Elfman yes. music, but I'll look out for that, too, and who knows if I'll put an, 
episode, like put it in the episode. Who knew Danny Elfman's out here making scores for Bravo shows? Who knew? <laughs> just ghost, ghost scoring. He's just raking in all of the money wherever yeah, he Yeah, I mean, he did the Desperate Housewives score, so it's not that out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's really not that that far off. Um, so Caroline's little where is she now thing is like Caroline stands by her decision to expose the book. She says she would do it again. It would be, or you, like mean, not even or true. you mean for the first time, so. Yeah, and so she didn't even get, like, anything that's going on with her real life. They should have been, like, Caroline's dog is doing great at its training. That would have actually been interesting because everything else about her life is the same. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> um, Danielle's is just, Danielle continues to look for her soulmate. She and Dina still go to the same hair salon but have not crossed paths. And then Jacqueline. So Jacqueline, this is wild that Caroline says this. Like, she goes up to her and she says, you're hurting my Isn't parents. It, you know, you're really hurting my, our parents. My parents. And it's like, yeah, yeah we're disagreeing with you publicly. Like, I'm telling you, Caroline is the reason I stopped dating. Part of the reason I stopped dating Italian guys. Because, like, it's that level of, like, intra-family closeness to that level that I'm like, I don't have the patience mm-hmm. for that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot. And I actually, I love what uh, Jacqueline says. She says, family or not, what's right is right and what's true yeah, is true. Yeah, I mean, so, listen. That's a good motto to have. It's so interesting to see all of these people at least pretend to be or at least be in this point of their life so principled because it's all downhill from here. And so then Jacqueline and Chris are expecting baby number four and the pregnancy has brought the family closer together again. Yeah. Good for them. I mean, there was a whole thing, too, about she was having fertility struggles and she had four miscarriages prior to this, which is a whole thing, too, because she had had one a month prior to all of this happening, which I'm like, I want to know how much Danielle was actually a good friend through that. But yeah, who knows? So then that's the end of the episode. So we'll go into the where are they nows. Um, So starting with our girl, Teresa, because obviously she's the most interesting We'll start with our, our girls' legal troubles. Um, on July 29th, 2013, Teresa and Joe were charged with conspiracy to commit mail fraud, wire fraud, and bank fraud, making false statements on loan applications and bankruptcy fraud. Yeah, I mean, which is interesting because the show was so much of what was used against them. Because you're claiming bankruptcy while you're living in this mansion and paying for all this shit with cash. Like, clearly you've got the money, so. Yeah, I think eventually they withdrew their, like, bankruptcy petition because it's, like, what about this house? And they're like, just kidding. Right, like all of this shit that you're flaunting on national television. Like, come on. So in uh, March of 2014, both Teresa and Joe entered into a guilty plea t- uh, to 41 counts of fraud. It was a plea deal. Um, and then uh, in October of that year, 2014, Teresa was sentenced to 15 months in federal prison and Joe was sentenced to 41 months. Teresa began her sentence on January 5th, 2015, and she was released early on January 23rd, 2015, so she didn't even serve a whole year. But our girl served her time at the Orange is the New Black yeah, prison, the Danbury did. Federal Correctional Institution. Sure did. So what I love is that Teresa claims that she was the inspiration for the plot line in Orange is the New Black, where, like, the famous person goes to prison when it was clearly it was Martha not Stewart. Clearly Martha Stewart because of, like, all of the very obvious context clues that made it Martha Stewart. But also, if you read the book, it was literally, well, Martha Stewart didn't end up going to Danbury. It was like, there was, but like, a significant portion of the book revolves around, like, there was, like, a 
custody battle, so to speak, over Martha Stewart between Danbury and the one in West Virginia, uh, which is where she ended up going. But either way, Teresa, no, it was absolutely 100%. You are not an influence to this at all. Like, that's so sweet (laughs) that you thought that, but no. But I'm just really amazed more by, like, the absolute privilege of being told, okay, you and your husband can serve back-to-back sentences Mm -hmm. instead of simultaneous sentences. Like, because if you were probably poor and or brown, they would not have been treated as fairly. Um, Yeah. This actually, that jail sentence, though, does factor a significant portion into Teresa and Joe's marital troubles. Uh, So Teresa's mom died shortly after she got out of jail. And so she talks a lot on the show about how she's very resentful. of The only time she'll really admit to being resentful of Joe besides like going to prison in general is the fact that she didn't get to spend time with her mother before she died because her mom did Mm -hmm. wasn't sick. Like, I think she just it was like an unexpected, relatively unexpected death. So it that's kind of heartbreaking to watch. Plus, I forgot the context which I brought this up last time, but also Joe called her a cunt on national television later on while on the phone with his mistress. So, uh, yeah. fuck him. <laughs> Cannot stress that enough. So yeah, Joe, Joe is also facing deportation back to Italy because he is not an American citizen, even though he was brought here as like a one-year-old child. He never got his citizenship, so now he's dealing with an ICE case yeah, on top Yeah, and of that, that was his own fault because Teresa is a citizen, so there was a period of time that he would have been able to file, and we're talking like a five-year period, that he would have been able to file to become a citizen and just didn't. And yes, for those of you who are keeping score, Teresa did try to use her tenuous Trump connection as a, as a Celebrity Apprentice cast member to try to sway things in her favor for her husband to stay in the United States. And it is still in limbo. So I guess we'll see. (laughs) So yes, outside of the legal troubles, Teresa's also co-authored three cookbooks. Um, They include some recipes that have been handed down from her mother. She also co-authored a memoir because she couldn't write it by herself. Uh, (laughs) Turning the Tables from Housewife to Inmate and Back Again, which was released in 2016. Uh, In 2017, she released another book called Standing Strong. And then also, as you mentioned, she was on The Celebrity Apprentice 5 and she came in fifth place. Yeah, I mean, she did pretty well for herself. And I mean, don't bother watching The Celebrity Apprentice. It's exhausting. And so also in May 2017, she opened a restaurant with her brother and sister-in-law, Joe and Melissa Gorga, called Gorga's Homemade Pasta and Pizza. It closed later that year, which reminds me of Flav's Fried Chicken (laughs) from January 2011th to April 2011. Oh, my gosh. And I'm pretty sure that's the one that Joe, because Teresa's brother is also named Joe. Not that I'm in a position to judge. My brother and my husband are both named Michael. So, Uh, But uh, they... Like, he brings Melissa to the restaurant. Melissa's his wife, Teresa's sister-in-law. And as under the guise of, I think, being like, oh, I'm thinking about buying it. But he's like, no, I already bought it. Like, I'm opening a restaurant. And Teresa's, and the whole storyline, because Teresa can't agree with Melissa for anything, is like, Melissa's being like, hey, this is kind of fucked up. He did this without consulting me. And Teresa's like, well, that's what you do when you're married. Like, that's what wives do. You find out shit at the last minute. And it's like... Nobody knows that better than you. I get that. But it's not a good way to live your life. 
Yeah. So now Teresa is apparently doing competitive bodybuilding, yep. and that's what she's been up to since leaving prison. So good for her, I guess. Yeah, I mean, she looks great. I mean, she looked great before. Like, she, you know, just different. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this season one, new new Bubbies, Teresa, she's like, she looks like a knockout, but the whole, like, bronzed you know, oil-up bodybuilding. She doesn't look as, like, it, what's so incredible, apparently, about Teresa is that you can, she can change her body any way she wants, and it doesn't look unnatural. So, yeah. like, that's incredible. She doesn't look, like, broided no, out. she looks yeah. just, like, toned. Like, regular toned, mm-hmm. and it's, like, that's what everybody's goal is, I think, when you go to the gym, is to not look, like hulking massive but to have that strength in that tone I, god bless <laughs> uh so that's it for Teresa. next i'll just do caroline manzo really quickly because hers is really short um she left the show after the fifth season to begin filming her spinoff manzo with children which like i mentioned only ran for three se- uh, three yeah three seasons um in 2013 she released a book called let me tell you something and she is a grandmother. Her first grandchild was born in February of 2017. Yeah, follow Lauren Manzo on Instagram because that baby is so cute. She's so funny. <laughs> uh, and then Dina. Dina left the show after season two, although she was brought back for season six as a main housewife. But then she um, moved to California, so she ended up I literally don't remember. I, I knew that she came back. I remember her coming back, but I don't remember her storyline at all like she may as well have been a friend of and just happened to get an actual like castmate salary I guess so good for her but good for her uh in 2011 she hosted a party planning series called Dina's Party on HGTV but it was canceled after two seasons she also runs Project Ladybug which is a nonprofit that helps children diagnosed with cancer and their families to pay for medical bills and other expenses which is mm-hmm. great like awesome yeah. for her. And she seems like about it about it like I I buy it. Yeah. And also she released a skincare line in 2016 called Glow by Dina. She looks great so I'd buy her oh, skincare. 100%. It's also worth noting that Dina and Caroline no longer speak. Oh yeah, yeah. So that was the thing that you were telling me yeah, last they- time. I don't really know the full extent of why they had a falling out. I mean, at the beginning, it was kind of like, well, we're siblings. And like with this many siblings, I I think there's like a statement coincidentally made like that during the course of the show where it's like, you know, there's always going to be some drama when there's this many people, like this many family members involved. But this has been like an ongoing thing. And I the last I read was that Dina was like she felt like the show changed Caroline. Mm, I can see that. I mean, I don't know what that means exactly but it's that's why they apparently do not have a relationship currently and have not for several years so yeah uh besides that um dina separated from her husband the manzo brother in 2012 and their divorce was finalized in 2016 um as of 2017 at least or like well like at least by 2017 she had a new boyfriend named Dave Canton because they were victims of a robbery in mm. her home. It sounds really horrifying too if you hear the details about yeah. it. It's bad. And then in 20 as of 2019 it's been like insinuated on her Instagram that she and Dave are married but like nothing concrete that I could find. Yeah. I mean she seems to be I mean minus that obviously very severe situation things seem to be going pretty good for her. And then for Jacqueline, she left the show after season five, returned for season seven, but permanently left after that. 
Uh, she also co-wrote a book. It's called Get It, The Busy Girl's Guide to Getting Your It Together, a beauty style and wellness See, was... book. Yeah, there are like two colons in this book title. <laughs> That's... That is terrible. But like there are people, there are housewives that I would agree to, that I would be like, oh yeah, like I'd really love to get life advice from you. Jacqueline is so far from one of them. I like so much about her life. I'm like, I mean, she found a really good man. I would probably get a relationship book from her, but like, other than that, no. <laughs> yeah. Does she have her it together? No, Who knows? it doesn't really seem like it. Uh, so her first grandchild was born in August 2016. So that was Ashley with an L-E-E's yes, first kid. Also very cute. And then in 2019, so late, just earlier this year, she moved back to Las Vegas with her husband and her two sons. I swear to God, I, guess, I, literally, to family. I literally didn't know that. Like, I, I, the first I, time I found out about this was the last time we recorded. I was stunned. <laughs> uh, the only other thing about her that was interesting, so the there's a there's a storyline in a couple seasons where the two Manzo boys, Chris and Albie, and Chris Larita, Jacqueline's husband, buy into this black water, the BLK water. It's alkaline water. It looks like sludge. It's grow. I mean, I, don't, I haven't tried it. I'm too scared. Uh, but there was a bit of a controversy because, as I mentioned before, uh, Jacqueline and Chris's son is on the spectrum. And they tried to claim that, like, he was his – he was becoming – he wasn't – he was – I don't really know the language, so please don't roast me, anybody who's listening to this. But basically that yeah. he was like, and I, I'm not, that he was like, his symptoms were like improving. Basically trying to say that the mm -hmm. black water was making him more neurotypical and yeah, can't really make those kinds of claims. So Yeah, that's not great for a couple of reasons. <laughs> numerous reasons, right. So it's not, not, yeah. I, Jacqueline, not one of my faves for sure. So, but other than that, seems like they're doing doing yeah, all no, right. I'm sure, probably flourishing. That's fine. Uh, and then Danielle, Danielle left after season two, but she's been a friend of since season seven. So I guess she's just like on the show, oh, but not making all the money she she could came be making. Back, brought all the drama. It's like it was such a weird thing because she's one of those people where it's, she's so frustrating to watch, but at the same time, I was so thrilled to have her back because the level of mess that she brings. Oh, <laughs> I love it. So she wrote a memoir in 2011 called the, Na the Naked Truth, which was basically supposed to be like an answer to a cop without a badge. Um, her ex-husband threatened a lawsuit for her making false allegations in the memoir, but I didn't really see how that shook out. It, so I guess it's fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, she's, I feel like she's one of those people who's constantly getting sued by people, so... <laughs> I can see that. Uh, 20, 2011 was a busy year for her. Um, so she also that same year was on a reality TV show on VH1 along with other reality TV star icon Heidi Montag. Uh, it was called Famous Food and they were supposed to revamp a restaurant from the ground up, but I don't think it ever got that very big. That sounds like a recipe, no pun intended, a recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't trust Danielle would, Staub and Heidi would, Montag to, like, redo your restaurant? I would trust them to do anything, but, like, give me, <laughs> like, literally, I wouldn't even, tr bad boob job advice? I don't know. Like, that's all I could trust them to do. 
Um, also in 2011, she signed a three-year deal with Scores Gentlemen's Club where she was supposed to appear as a fully nude stripper and star in adult online content, which I was like, you go girl. Like, I love it. I love happy consensual sex yes. work, but doesn't seem to be the case because days after signing her contract, she announced that she was seeking psychological and addiction treatment and reneged on her end of the deal. Yikes. Not great. Not at all. She also filed for bankruptcy in 2012. Um, and then in May 2017, it was announced that she was engaged to Marty Caffrey. The two wed in May 2018. And then in August 2018, it was announced that the couple would divorce. Yeah, I've never seen a friend of get so much treatment because, like, the whole wedding was covered because she was such a bridezilla, like, on the show. And I think Teresa, because now she's friends with Teresa. That's, like, the biggest news from all of this is that her <laughs> and Teresa are friends now. And... Teresa, Melissa, and new housewife, my personal favorite housewife of all time, Marge, were all bridesmaids in this wedding, and it was a nightmare watching the whole thing get together. Uh, but now she's divorced from this guy who's still on the show, kind of, and like he's they wouldn't he wouldn't move out of the house. He was claiming squatters' rights. It was a whole big to do. It was. Oh, but I'm I'm thrilled she's back. I say that I say all that, and I'm thrilled she's back. So yeah, the the tenth season of the show, I believe, should be airing. I guess tomorrow, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes Yay. out. So I guess see what happens with Danielle that words, way. See how that in shakes the words out. Of Marie Kondo, I am excited because I love mess. <laughs> All right, so that pretty much wraps it up. So my question, of course, always is, does it hold up? Is it worth a rewatch? What do you say, having watched this show back in the day when it was airing, is it still have that same kind of, like, magic that season one sparkled Not these days? does it. It honestly has, like, a different magic just because you know, because it's still airing. So it's interesting to see the progression of who these people become or became and it's just so entertaining plus it's just such a slice of time you know the late 2000s like the weird nouveau riche in the midst of the recession I don't know I just find it very Mm -hmm. fascinating obviously if I wasn't so fascinated by the 2000s wouldn't have my own podcast that revolves around them but I mean I just I thought it's very entertaining if you like garbage reality tv house real housewives of new jersey is one of the best it just yeah it it just stays shining in its garbage. I think the question for you now that you've never watched any of it before is like would you actually go back and watch it? I would. I I like Housewives. I'm so surprised by how much I enjoy Housewives because it was something that I was so adverse to for so long. But like once I started watching it for the show, I was like, oh, okay, I, I can the see thing the appeal. Is like the people who people who hate them, no offense, but like it, people who dislike the, dislike them currently, like are taking them way too seriously. I'm not watching this because <laughs> I'm trying to learn or like better myself in any way. I'm just like want to shut my brain off for a couple hours and watch people yell at each other like it's so stupid but it just it brings me joy it's yeah it's stupid but also it's not like painfully stupid like some like Riverdale I mean I I, I haven't watched an episode of that so I can't speak to that I, I just so dumb I thought it's the so dumb was just like watching like good-looking people like fake bang like, I thought that that was the point of that. <laughs> yeah, but they're, like, supposed to be teenagers, so it's weird. Are, everybody's disgusting. Of course people are into that. <laughs> yeah. 
It's just I don't know. I may funny. check it out. It's, that's like my go-to fake. I bad may TV check it show. out now because I love Lily Reinhardt in Hustlers. So I gotta see, I gotta check it out. All right, Sonia. So where can the people find you? Where can the people find your podcast? Yes. If you want to say a little bit about it, I mean, I you've been on the show before and we've talked about it, but if you want to give a little two second descriptor, oh gosh, two seconds. Um, well, I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, real quick, real quick. Uh, so uh, I'm the co-host of R- Rewind the Love. We talk about the celeb reality era of VH1. We are currently talking about I Love New York season one. We just had Riley on, so go listen to that. We, we also, if you're a regular listener of this show, uh, you may recognize a couple of my guests. Uh, we do have some guest overlap. Uh, and mm-hmm. yeah, if you like that kind of garbage from the 2000s also, you know, check us out. It's me and my husband reviewing episodes with guests. And you can find me on Twitter at, at Sonia Marie Says, Sonia with an I. And this was so much fun. I love this. I love talking about garbage. Yeah. It's so much fun. It was so good. Thank you for doing this uh, yes. twice now with me. Let's all hope and pray that everything goes well. It's still recording. So right. That's a good like, sign. I, like I said, uh, when you told me, don't threaten me with a good time. I'll talk about housewives all day. All right. Well, I will definitely have to have you back on again sometime soon talking about oh, some other housewives or trash TV. There's so much. I'm sure there's something. There's endless. Anytime, anytime I worry about running out of garbage reality TV show, I like discover some <laughs> other thing that I never have heard of. And I was like, I'll yes. be good. All right, and you can find this podcast um, on all podcast listening platforms. Uh, if you want to follow me on Facebook, I'm at Snapback to Reality Podcast. I'm at Snapback to Reality Pod on Instagram at really underscore Riley for my personal Instagram. And you can find uh, if you want to email me, I'm at snapbackpodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, thank you again for doing this. Thank you all for listening and have a great day. Bye.